Welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? A show where our host engages in a lively conversation with the guest. The guest chooses the topic and the host has no prior preparation or knowledge of the topic. Please note that the opinions expressed on this program are the opinions and views of the host and the guests and are not necessarily the same opinions and views of Al Seeger or Point of Insanity Game Studio. And now, here's your host, Chad Knight. Hello and welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? Episode 53. Welcome to my mind mare. I ponder back on a year gone by. Let me start by saying that I thank you all for indulging me last week by letting me step to the other side of the microphone, and I hope that each of my guests have as much fun as I did last week when Al Seeger took over my duties and allowed me to see what it's like on the other side. I have been truly honored to spend the last year getting to know my friends and acquaintances better. This has also compelled me to get to know my parents as well. I've started recording with my mother to get to know her as she saw her own life. As much as I've enjoyed talking with my friends, I want to get to know new friends. Year two will start that way here today as my guests for today I never met and have very limited talking time with one of them and the other one I've never met or spoken to. I'll get to those guys soon. I have others lined up in the near future that I have never met or talked to as well, but they have heard the show and reached out to me. Don't worry, you'll still get your normal lineup of Al and Scott and Lou, just maybe not as much. Let me thank you all for the time spent listening to my ramblings and those of my guests. Without you tuning in over the year, we would not be where we are today. Now that brings me to another topic, which will be touched on in this segment quite a bit over the next few weeks. I need all of you, if you're fans or listeners who tune in on a regular basis, please share this podcast with your friends, family, teachers, enemies, acquaintances, bosses, underlings. I I guess what I'm asking you is to just share this podcast. When the podcast has been shared in the past, there's a definite increase in listeners. So help a brother out if you would. And with that plea, I say, and mind mare. All right, so on to our guests. I'll be honest, the two guys I have lined up for you this time, well, I've never been nervous about a guest in the past. These guys are the two halves of one of, well, let me be honest, my favorite podcast currently. And I can't wait each week for the next episode to come out. I've talked about this podcast on here before, and these guys were kind enough to come on my little show and talk to us. From Dark Science Radio, let me introduce Jason Oblivion and Jake. Welcome to the show, guys. What's going on? What's going on, chatty? Not much. All right. So I feel like how he gives us a big intro, like our show's huge or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, huge to me, man. It's it's not very often. I mean, there's a lot of podcasts I listen to, obviously. But there's not many podcasts that I wait to listen to each week. Well, thank but you. Like, we appreciate that. It's oh, oh, I enjoy the the combination of re, mu, or, listen to me. I can't even talk. Science and you know pseudoscience, for lack of a better word. Science and filth. That's what we're known for. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, the filth is part of the reason I tune in because I myself have a mouth like a sailor, so. Anybody that's listening to this that has small children also listening, hide them. Yeah, <laughs> you you a, continue to yeah. listen, but hide them. This, what's that? 
Do we have to behave ourselves? Today? No, absolutely not. I've I've had other shows where I I give a parental warning as well. It's just it's my fair way of saying there's going to be a lot of filth on this episode. So it's up to you whether or not you want your kid to listen to it. Honestly, uh, this is beyond uh, parental uh, warning. I mean, <laughs> I have the mouth of a not a, not only a sailor but an absolute psychopath. So today's <laughs> podcast is not approved for listening by anyone. No. <laughs> Exactly. So now, guys, I have a segment in here I so brilliantly named Five Questions. Why? Because it contains five questions. You guys ready? Yeah, go on, man. By the All way, right. I'm recording in my kitchen, so if my dog goes ape shit, because I think the fucking uh, Amazon guy just came here. I'm sorry. Okay. I have life. All right, go ahead. Sorry. All right. So, number one, who's your favorite superhero? Now, for a little bit of control here, let's go to Jake first. Who's your favorite superhero? Favorite superhero? Batman. Don't be a bitch, right. Jake. Always Batman. Well, I, I do know my, my daughter has a pin that says, always be yourself unless you can be Batman. Then always be Batman. So what about you, Jason? Well, I'm not a bitch. Although I do like Batman. That's my second favorite, to be honest with you. But my favorite is freaking Wolverine, man. So much so that I even named my cat Logan, for Christ's sakes. I love freaking Wolverine, dude. Did you see the new Logan movie, I'm assuming? Absolutely. I loved it. It was great. It was a I... perfect ending. And I, me personally, I hope they – look, huge – look, okay. I said the same thing about Magneto when Fassbender replaced uh, Ian McKellen. But honestly, I thought that Hugh Jackman did such a wonderful job uh, with Wolverine. And the girl that plays Laura – X-23 in the new movie, th dude, they need to let Wolverine go, and they really need to develop her character because that little girl right there, she is going to be something awesome in the freaking Marvel Universe. I, so. I, I totally agree with you. I was not sure what I was going to walk in on it. You know, rated our Wolverine movie, I was like, great. I was actually kind of hoping when they first started teasing Logan that it was going to be uh, based on the Old Man Logan uh, arc of comics. But, unfortunately, it was not. But, anyway, second question. We'll start with you this time, Jason. Favorite author? I don't really have one. I guess if I had to choose, it would be... Uh, I guess it would be Tolkien. I really like the uh, Lord of the Rings series. So, I guess uh, it, would, it would be Tolkien, man. That was a great story. All right. I love the movies, love the books. Awesome. Jake? Uh, actually, it's probably a very little-known author, uh, J.A. Conrath. Okay. Like Crouch. They they sometimes write their stories in together, but it's pretty much just um, uh, horror fiction that's just, you know, how many times can we kill people and things like that. Like the psychological thrillers that'll just send you for a mind fuck every couple minutes. <laughs> okay, perfect. I didn't realize you were into that crazy shit, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me, though. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's stick with you, Jake. Favorite musician or band? I'm sorry, I missed that. Billy Joel. Doesn't Billy Joel. Don't even have to start with it. It's just Billy Joel. What'd you say? What was the question? Sorry, I had my daughter open up a window so I can see that. What'd you say? <laughs> Favorite musician. Oh, what did he say? Yeah, you Billy Joel? Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> you got a problem with that? Oh, fuck, man. Okay. I well, will probably die. Actually, Billy Joel's not that bad. No, I, no I, I enjoy listening to Billy Joel, but that definitely does not reflect in your music on the uh, podcast. That's because he doesn't choose it. 
<laughs> and now All right. Ever choose it. <laughs> All right. Hey, so don't maybe bring out some Huey Lewis on you. I like Huey Lewis. Maybe maybe we should have Jake choose some music, man. Might Do like one up. episode where Jake chooses the music. It'd be everything from 1982 to 1987. You know, wrong with that. And you don't like the band Rush, do you? Because I swear to Christ, I will hang the fuck up if you do. Me? Do you like the band Rush? Both Two songs. No. No, not really. Twos. You like Rush? <laughs> Neil Peart is the greatest drummer of all fucking time. Oh, uh, well, his drumming is awesome, but the guy, he sings like this. Ah, so give me a break. All right, right. so, Jason, your favorite musician or band? Corey Taylor, Slipknot, baby. Woo! Yeah! I love it. Okay. I love Slipknot. All right, number four. Let's stick with you, Jason. This is the easy one. Favorite color? Ew. Uh, Maybe it's not easy. Well, I like black sometimes, but I don't know. I I would say purple. Purple's my favorite color. All right. And Jake? pink oh you know what <laughs> different blues because i'm kind of colorblind so a lot of things just come off as a blue hue anyway to me so i'm learning so much about my co-host on this show for christ's sakes we should do this more often <laughs> all yeah, right and uh last question we'll start with you jake favorite uh tv show of all time oh god tv show of all time oh I know Jason already knows this, but I don't want to say it. <laughs> I can all say Doctor Who. Okay, Doctor Who. That's that's not bad. It's a good show. It's been going on since 1963. Yeah, yeah. And Jason? That's a tough one. I guess I'd have to go. I'd have to go with Family Guy. It's the most thing. It's the thing I watch the most, and I really like the humor, and it inspires you know some of my humoristic writing and stuff. So yeah, I'd say Family Guy, even though okay. Seth MacFarlane's a leftist piece of shit. All right, now it's your time, guys. Talk about anything each of you want to, except your topic. We'll get to that in a minute. So, want to tell us anything about yourself, Jason? Uh, well, I mean, I like podcasting. I do. I've done several podcasts. I've been podcasting for over twelve years. Various stuff. I guess I'm best known for uh, Road Trip to Oblivion and another damn talk show. Uh, but I don't do those shows anymore online. So. Uh, right now, I just do Dark Science Radio with Jake. We're having a good time with that. I mean, as a as a trade, what I do for a living is I'm a truck driver. I drive my 18-wheeler through uh, downtown Los Angeles every goddamn day delivering diapers to the old people and giving them a friendly ear when they want to tell me about their dog or their kids or whatever, man. I'm pretty you easy are, you, you are a crazy fuck. You drive an 18-wheeler through downtown L.A. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been is, driving for 15 years, so, I mean, it's really not that bad, but. Oh, I, I just. Well, I could see, never be in an office. No way in hell. See, I I do sit in an office, and but I have texts throughout the country for the for the job I do, and the guys in L.A. they're always calling me. Traffic. I'm gonna be late. There's no traffic. I can't get through traffic, and just oh, yeah. it just sounds like a fucking hellhole. It is, but I'm lucky because my shift is is not with the commuter side of the freeway. Okay. So- I learned a long time ago, you know, because after high school, I went right into the Marine Corps for four years. And I thank you for your service. Oh, no, no problem. It was my honor. But from that point on, I knew for a fact there's no way in hell I'm ever going to get stuck inside an office. And, you know, honestly, and I I tell, uh, you know, when I was interviewing for jobs and stuff, I would tell people this. They're like, why do you want to be a truck driver? 
honest to Christ, my love for video games is why I love being a truck driver because driving a truck every day is like playing a video game for me because you're in you're in such control of, of such a powerful vehicle and, and you know and driving in LA getting into stops I mean I will sit here in the middle of downtown LA and I will back that son of a bitch at full speed into a damn driveway cutting off all traffic but I mean if you're good at what you do and you like that technicality of hand-eye coordination it's it's the perfect job for you and I, I love it and it, it you know it's I just love it man so I'm passionate about video games and truck driving and podcasting, so I guess that's all you can. And 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 I'm black, even though people are like you don't sound very black. No, I I'm actually black, half black. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. So Jake, how about you? Well, I'm a Virgo, and I enjoy long walks on the beach with my girlfriend until the LSD wears off, and then I realize I'm dragging a mannequin around a Wendy's parking lot. I'm gonna swipe right. I'm swiping right. right now. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I was a paramedic for about uh, 15 years uh, up north. I got tired of it. Decided to go back to school to be a physician. Uh, during undergraduate, I liked dealing with research a lot more than I liked dealing with people. So then I went on to uh, study micromolecular biology, neurophysiology, uh, different various health sciences like that. And then I stayed into the research end because I don't like patients. I don't like seeing people. I like just being in a lab, playing with petri dishes, doing research, and trying to figure shit out and cure diseases that way. So now, now this this might be a question you don't want to answer, but is there good money in research? Um, not really. It there's all enough, there's enough to pay for your own hit if you keep asking those kind of questions. You know what I'm saying? I <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, if you if you work on the grant side of it with government grants, things like that, no, there's not. If you do drug company research for uh, pharmaceutical companies, things like that, yeah, there's decent money in it. There's okay. actually good money in it. See, so I'm just – I'm getting ready to send my oldest daughter off to school, so – and she's going to a research college, so I was just kind of curious. Okay. What kind of research do you want to do? Um, I don't know if she wants to do any, but the school is a big research school, but she's, um, she's talking about going into um, teaching – Okay. But she wants to have a backup in case, you know, she gets in there and realizes she doesn't like little snot-nosed motherfuckers. She won't. She won't <laughs> believe. Have you seen the kids in the school system today? They're absolute crap. Oh, I, I, I pick up be a kid at school. Either. I just want to bitch slap them. I just want to bitch slap those kids when I'm in the pickup loop. Oh yeah, when I when I when I would do um, volunteer work with uh, the gaming club here at one of the local high schools. It was just, uh, it's a cavalcade of numb nuts. <laughs> it you is. Know? It's, I made it up to my student teaching, because I went to college fresh out of high school, and I made it up to student teaching, and I lasted a day. Wow. I'm in, a room with kids. I'm in a room with 34 kids that aren't mine, and I'm not allowed to smack them. What was the most okay, so how did that day go? Like, what? Oh, that was horrible. Point I, almost, I almost set a high school on fire. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> realize you were done teaching at that point like what happened yeah. well, what was the situation where you're like you know what fuck this shit i'm gonna go tinker around with jeans so maybe i can genetically modify these little pricks not to be faggots well no this is this is long <laughs> before that this was long before that because i went back to school in my mid-20s to do what i'm doing now this was like oh, okay. my late teens when i said you know what i'm gonna go to school i'm gonna be a teacher i'm gonna 
mold young impressionable minds yay and you get up in there and ain't none of them want to learn one of them was half asleep had a snot bubble coming out of his nose (laughs) it's like you guys have just destroyed my will to live you should have teabagged his ass (laughs) and then i became a paramedic and played with drug dealers during the heroin epidemic in southwestern pennsylvania so did you say destroyed your will to live All right, I think with that, let's move on in today today in history, and then we will get back to your topics. All right, guys? <laughs> all right, so today in history, I get all my history facts from www.history.com slash thisdayinhistory. August 4th, 1892, Lizzie Borden took an axe. Yeah. Andrew and Abby Borden, elderly residents of Fall River, Massachusetts, are found bludgeoned to death in their home. Lying in a pool of blood on the living room couch, Andrew's face had been nearly split in two. Abby, Lizzie's stepmother, was found upstairs with her head smashed to pieces. The Bordens, who were considerably wealthy, lived on their two unmar- er, lived with their two unmarried daughters, Emma and Lizzie. Since Lizzie was the only other person besides the housekeeper who was present when the bodies were found, suspicion soon fell upon her. Because of the sensational nature of the murders, the trial attracted attention from around the nation. Despite the fact that fingerprint testing was already becoming commonplace in Europe at the time, the police were very wary of its reliability and refused to test for prints on the murder weapon, a hatchet, found in the Borden's basement. The prosecution tried to prove that Lily had burned a dress, similar to the one she was wearing on the day of the murders, and had purchased a small axe the day before. But Lizzie was a sweet-looking Christian woman, and the jury only took 90 minutes to decide that she could never commit such a heinous crime. Although although she was now an orphaned heiress rather than a convicted murderess, the media continued to portray Lizzie as the perpetrator. Her story is still remembered today mostly because because of the infamous rhyme, Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Ignoring the taunts, Lizzie lived the high life until her death in 1927. She was buried in the family plot next to her parents. I don't know. I've always been intrigued by this story. Yeah, you guys, it's a pretty honked up story. What's that? It's a pretty honked up. It's a pretty honked up story. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, I mean, the stories of, you know, uh, matricide and patricide are nothing new. I mean, it's been going on since then and long before that i mean you know you had the oedipus complex way back when you have the menendez brothers uh what was that late 80s early 90s yeah something yeah. like that yeah yeah, no, yeah yeah all right guys so this is it this is where we get into the meat of the show what well, is it i'm just a little curious you know you, you, you this day in history you get the dark science guys who talk about you know space and aliens and you yeah. don't bring up eisenhower signing the uh act that created nasa in 1958 we should just quit the show, Jake. Fuck this guy. He doesn't know, <laughs> he doesn't know how we roll, man. I, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just picking on you, dude. Yeah. I know. So, so what do you guys have for me? What, what are we going to talk about today? Take it away, Jakey Poo. What you got? All right. Speaking of poo, why don't we just talk about something everybody has? Nobody wants to talk about it. Gas, and not the kind from the BP. You say uh-huh. gas. Gas or gay ass? Everyone <laughs> has gay. Ass. You'll find the gay asses have a lot more gas than regular asses. I Pretty think it's, sure it's always getting packed up in there. 
pretty sure my dog has some gay ass. I see what he does, man. He's like always knee deep in my cat's ass and shit. And then he wonders why he throws up and shit because he's eating my cat's ass all the time. Sick son of a bitch. Yeah, I don't know why he. Because he's a homo. Speaking of eating ass, have you ever heard the ballad of Chasey Lane by the Bloodhound Gang? No, God, no, but I know of the band. Those guys are disgusting. (laughs) You know, I just wanted to ask, could I eat your ass right back as soon as you can? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, dude, you want to, speaking of that crap, I was talking to one of my, one of my buddies when I was in the Marines and shit, and, and, and he was talking about, hey, do you know what my pickup, my first pickup line to my wife was? And we were like, what? And he's like, we were in a bar. And so I thought it'd be funny. So I walked up to her and, and asked her if I could shit on her tits. Seriously, dude? Wow. <laughs> like, what the hell? That's, awesome. That's fantastic. Holy shit. I thought <laughs> I was going to be like, hey, let me, wipe my, let me wipe your seat off for you. And then he takes out a hanky and wipes his face. Oh, dude, that's about as good as the is the real the first thing I ever said to my wife when I first met her was, was when I was in the Marines in the barracks, and uh, she she came over with a friend because my roommate was on duty, so he would you know so his wife came to visit him because he couldn't go home that night, and so she came with her, and so they all came in the room, and then she sat down on on our chair that we had in there, <laughs> no shit because I didn't want any guests. I'm like get, get these fucking broads out of here. I'm trying to do I was doing music and playing video games and shit, and so. I told her, I told my wife, my, my wife now, I, was, I told her, I said, I wouldn't sit there. That's where I jack off. And so then she gets up and moves. And so then I said, I wouldn't sit there either because that's where my roommate jacks off. <laughs> and, then, and then 13 years later. <laughs> that's good times. Wow. So we're going to talk farts. Is that what we're talking? Yeah. Okay. Talk about farts. You want to get back on it? Yeah. yeah. It sounds like. Stay on okay. topic, fuckers. You're fucking up my show. No, not at all. Not at all. Trust me, it, it, we hardly ever stay on topic. But oh, yeah, we're, we're we're getting away from that too. Oh uh, well. Um, let's see, what see how we. Well, I mean, we know it's the byproduct of digestion and um, metabolic it's, breakdown, it's, baby. It swallowed CO2 and swallowed nitrogen that uh, didn't make it back up in the form of a burp, and the air bubble went the other way. Are you serious? I thought it was the byproduct of uh, the breakdown, like the metabolic breakdown of your food. With yeah. the, uh, oh, yeah, okay. It's a byproduct of digestion, and it's also burps that got pushed down through uh, peristaltic contractions and didn't come back up. Oh, okay, so, so so what I have to ask then is, so when my grandfather, when I was a kid, used to say when you'd belch, he'd say, it's a smart fart. It came up the elevator. He was right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is it the gas that's actually in the air that you swallow, or is it the gas that's actually trapped in the food, or a combination of the two? Because It's I'm- a combination the two but that's really more of the secondary byproduct i mean the, the main product of flatulence is uh digestion that is the main product um, so how come when you belch it doesn't smell like ass well because it hasn't had time to go through your intestines and uh, all the bacteria there when they break things down uh come up with hydrogen sulfide which is what makes that like rotten eggy smell and that's usually what causes it. it's a combination of uh, methane and uh, hydrogen sulfide is what gives them their stench Fair enough. All right, so it's a byproduct. Continue mm-hmm. on. Yeah, it contains uh, nitrogen, hydrogen, carbon dioxide, uh, methane, oxygen, and other crap, literally. Uh, it, they will come out at a blazing seven miles an hour. Jack, I have a question. How the fuck do you car- know this about farts? What's that? How do you know this much about the chemical makeup of farts, bro? Uh, you know, you got to study chemistry when you go to school and stuff and it's just like mm-hmm. he's a scientist man 
I think he's a fart fetish. That's what I think. A little bit. A little bit. Oh, it's the fart. God and just so you know, you cannot suffocate in a chamber full of your own farts. You know how everybody's like, oh, we'll just put you in a little glass box and watch you suffocate on your own farts? You can't do it. You can't suffocate on your own farts. Oh, really? What if all that oxygen is absorbed into your blood and then excreted into carbon uh, dioxide and then oh, there's no oxygen left? A, that's just a respiratory thing. That's you, like, using up all the oxygen in an airtight room. Oh, that's why your farts you could suffocate in a room of your own farts if you burn off all the oxygen in your blood. <laughs> oh, my God. I can imagine that. So then you stop burning oxygen, and then your yeah. blood starts burning fart juice? Oh, God. Oh, oh, that sounds horrible. That stench. Oh, it's like your that, body. It's it's like the it's like the when when the sun you know starts burning up all its goddamn hydrogen. It's like what happens? You just go like supernova. Eventually, you just explode into like a plume of poop juice. Yeah. Oh, fecal gas. Oh, that's fantastic. Speaking we should of, do that one day on our on our on our normal show. We should do that experiment. Lock Jake in a in a glass. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> yeah. You can always get some of the farty foods like beans, corn, bell peppers, lots of vegetables in there. You can even sell that as a carnival ride, Jake's Hall of Farts. <laughs> collect the scent based on what he ate. Just give him like one day you just eat all beans and we collect the smell and then you eat all, you know. Uh, broccoli. Yeah, a whole day of broccoli. Broccoli and, and milk. That uh, Vegetarians fart more than non-vegetarians. Well, you never know because they're letting all the hot air out of their damn mouths telling you about how they're vegetarian. Oh, that's the vegans. <laughs> Fuck them vegans. Vegetarians don't care. They'll eat cheese and stuff like that. Vegans are like, oh, hey, you can't do this. You can't do that. La, 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 la. I'm like, oh. I always like to eat a nice big steak in front of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not down with that shit, man. They're just as annoying as those goddamn CrossFit fuckers. You know, I got somebody on my Facebook right now that is constantly posting about their stupid – uh, exercise and workout crap like anyone gives a fuck. And I'm, I'm seriously, I'm, I'm about a nut hair away from just posting that and say no one gives a fuck. Just shut up. Lose your weight for your stupid wedding because we all know you're going to get fat after you're freaking married. You're probably going to be fatter than you are now. So shut up, fatty. Hmm? I hate people. Anyway, let's go. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. No, that's okay. That's okay. A little pent up. You got, you're working some nerves there. It's yeah. You have nerve endings that tell you the difference between farts and poop. That's all they do. That's their only job, is to tell you if you're going to fart or to tell you if you're going to poop. No shit. Yeah. Huh. And occasionally, occasionally they do get confused, and that's when you end up with mud butt. Oh, oh God. <laughs> that's when that's that's when the sharding happens, huh? The sharding, yes. So okay, Okay, so I have a question on that then as far as the nerve endings go. Because when you take a dump, it's the involuntary um, contractions of your uh, lower intestine that force your shit out. So when you have diarrhea, is it because the nerves are like like on overdrive? Because it doesn't emodium – isn't the way that emodium works? The nerves don't even give a shit once you have diarrhea. Once you have diarrhea, they pretty much shut down, and it's just coming no matter what. So it's just like muscular contractions? I mean, obviously, their nerves have to communicate with the muscular tissue for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah, you have what's called peristaltic contractions. It's from the top of your throat all the way down to the tip of your ass. Uh, and it keeps everything moving in one direction. Hopefully. Right. Hopefully. Sometimes things go wrong. <clears throat> and you know what I learned the other day, too, about that is you know how Amodium works? It deadens the, uh, it deadens the uh, contractions so that you just mm -hmm. stop jitting. So it's, it doesn't kill your diarrhea. It just, 
it just stops you it just kind of it's like for your butthole muscles yeah yeah, it's it's literally shoving a cork in your ass Mm, that sounds hot (laughs) uh all right (laughs) all right go ahead man sorry yeah man dead air come on now speaking of dead you know you can still fart after you're dead I, I did know that. It's Yeah, uh, because the biological processes are still going and everything. And I mean the muscles are weak, so you know, you got your internal and external anal sphincters that just opened up, so wait yes, a minute. it's gonna go You have two sphincters? I didn't know that. Yeah, well actually you have like twenty seven sphincters. But um in your ass you have two. You have the internal and external. The internal opens up and lets the poop hit on the external, and that's when you're like, Oh, I got a poop. And then you can voluntarily open and close the external. Well. Uh, Unless you've then, been drinking all night, then that's, that's a whole <laughs> another story. Are you kidding me? In which, in which case you break the seal and it's just like, holy shit. Literally. Yeah, no shit, man. Yeah, you also have internal and external urethral sphincters. Those control what you think it controls. Uh, esophageal sphincter, uh, pyloric sphincter. Sphincters all over the place. Just muscles that close off things and keep stuff from flowing through. So basically what I just heard is that we're just walking piles of bacteria and sphincters. So that's why everyone's such assholes all the time. Is that oh, it? Oh, yeah. You... And everybody's full of shit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Is that why I'm black? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. I, I don't think that's the reasoning behind it, man. <laughs> oh, okay. You think that's a different process going on there? My I bad. think so, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that has more to do with melatonin in the skin and things like oh, that. Oh. I think that goes into the evolutionary thing, but we're still talking wait, about wait, are, are, are we going to get into legitimate science? What the hell? <laughs> what? This doesn't work. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to get legitimate on you guys. Continue uh, on with your with your fart stuff. Yeah. Uh, by the way, your fart shit's legitimate. What are you bitching about? <laughs> Racist. Yeah, but it's dirty legitimate. You just don't want to talk legitimately why blacks are black. Hmm? Racist. You're you're a scientific racist, aren't you? A little bit, a little bit. Oh, figures, I knew it. A little bit. You know what? You can call me whatever you want, but I am not a communist. Yeah, you and me both. Well, that that's good, I guess. I mean, of course, in today's political arena, so what if you are? I guess it's it's okay now. No, it's not okay. It's no, not. I don't personally think it's okay, but society seems to think it's okay. Well, society can suck my dick, and so can communists. Speaking yeah. of sucking my dick, what do you think farts smell like if you're ingesting ejaculate and sperm matter? How's that work? I don't know. That's kind of weird because, I mean, it'd be fruity because, I mean, it, it's mostly citric acid. Well, you'd be fruity if you're sucking dick, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, like citrus fruits. I mean, that's all ejaculate is, is like 90-some percent citric acid around it. Now, why are broads always complaining about the taste? I guess it's, I don't know. Well, it's a mental thing. It's got to be. We should get a chick on our show next week and figure out that because I need some answers. You should get Dawn on your show next week and ask her about it. Yeah, and you know what? She listens to your show, too. Now, thanks for that, asshole. <laughs> how, long, how long until I get that freaking Facebook message? What the fuck are you guys talking about? Me sucking dick? It'll be at least a week, let me tell you, because this doesn't go up for a week. <laughs> Uh, it'd be funny though. She probably texted me like, "How'd you guys know I was so into sucking dick? Who told? Why'd you tell? Why'd you say that on the on the podcast?" All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We should keep going. My just blowing up right now. 
I know, right? Don's probably like touching herself and shit listening to this crap. All right. I, I think I, I think we've run out of gas on the fart section, so. All right. So what, what do we got next, guys? I, I know you guys are uh, brought some science uh, uh, stuff with you, so. Let, let, what about you? Who's next? What about you, Jason? Am I next? Yeah, you'll be next. First of all, let's deal with these goddamn fucking ads, and I'd like to uh, thank Popular Science for your shit. You know, giving me an option to turn this shit off, you fuckheads. God damn it, I'm so sick of this crap. It's a Viagra commercial, too, for Christ's sakes. All right, let's talk about what happens if the Earth starts spinning just a little bit faster. Now. Like how much faster? Well, it's going to go... It's going to go in increments. So we're going to well, start let's, with... let's start with this. What what does what speed does the Earth spin at? What the fuck are you asking me, man? I don't fucking know. What do you think? I'm a goddamn scientist? No, I'm just kidding. It's at the okay, 400 so, kilometers an hour. What's that? 17,400 kilometers an hour. Uh, that's wrong, actually. It's 1,037 miles per hour at the equator. Okay? So oh, should... the spin. The spin. I'm sorry. 17,000 is the uh, orbit. Oh yeah, you know what? We should actually. You know what? While I'm looking this up, why don't you? You want you want your fucking minds to be blown, Jake? While I'm going through this, look up at how fast our solar system travels through the Milky Way galaxy as we uh, orbit the central, the central bulge where the black hole is, where it keeps us all together. But anyways, so let's talk about what happens if the Earth spins faster. Now, we all know that if you spin. At least here on Earth, you get on your little carnival rides, and there's a little thing called centripetal force. And then as things spin faster, it throws you outward. So when I was a kid, you know, this is what really got me into Earth science is I always wondered what always kept us stuck to the Earth if it spins so damn fast. Well, that's gravity. So the way that the Earth works and the way that the climate works and all that crap, for the most part, you know, gravity keeps us stuck to the ground. And we already talked about that. You could you can go uh, check out an episode of Dark Science Radio. We talked about the electromag. What is it? Electro. What is it, what is it called? Electrostatic magnetism. That's what we call it, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it sounds it sounds pretty professional. Electrostaticism. Electrostatic Ejac magnetism. Ejaculation. What? Okay. Now, let's say the Earth starts spinning faster than it does now. And you know, here's the thing. People are like, well, you know, the Earth, there's no way it could spin faster. You're actually, you're actually wrong. You guys remember back in the – or back uh, – shit, I think it was like 2000 – oh, shit, nine or something? Was it 2009? I don't know. When the Fukushima earthquake happened that caused that huge, huge, huge tsunami. 2010, 2011. No, okay. But when the, cr the crust of the Earth – it shifted and it compacted so much towards the core that it actually caused the Earth to literally speed up just for like, I don't know, 100 tenths of a second. But still, that was enough rock being moved. Go ahead. Oh, I just said nice. Oh, yeah, no, it, it sped up the rotation of the Earth, but not not by a very measurable amount. It's not like we had to change our calendars, add like a Fukushima leap, leap year or anything like that. But to understand how, you know, the speed of how things work, you know, you have like, think of like an ice skater. It's always the example you see on science shows. And as you pull matter in towards the core as it's rotating, it spins faster, okay? With that said, so what would happen if the Earth started spinning faster? So first of all, you would lose weight. That's due to centripetal force because as it's, you know, you're going to start to be pushed not well. Is it pushed or pulled away because of the the way that the forces work? You're going to be pulled away from the from the ground. 
I think we lost your vi your sound. Yeah, I think we lost Jason there. Yeah. It's because of these fucking ads. No, because when you when you no, because when you're on Skype and music starts playing, it fucking it cuts the damn sound because Skype doesn't want people pirating bullshit anymore. Because they're a bunch of assholes, so I had to reopen the article here. But anyways, as I'm re reopening the article, by the way, did you find out how fast we're traveling through the solar system there? Five hundred fourteen thousand miles per hour. No shit, that's a hell of a lot of speed. One hundred forty three miles per second. Wow. That's pretty damn quick. Fuck yeah, it is. I mean, but in relative, though, I mean, we talked about, I think, last week, how big and vast the universe was. Now, if I cut out, it's because it's a stupid website, man. The popular fucking science, they're garbage. They keep playing shit. Uh. So anyways, as the Earth would start spinning faster, you would lose weight because you're being thrown away from the ground of the Earth. The next thing would be constant jet lag is because as it starts spinning faster, now it's throwing off your internal body clocks because our bodies have evolved over hundreds of thousands of years to be used to what we call the 24-hour schedule, even though the rotation of the Earth isn't exactly 24 hours. That's why we have leap year. But your internal body clocks would be all fucked up. Now, because of this, too, you'd have stronger hurricanes because – the clouds, they're made of matter. They're still made of water vapor, particulates, and stuff like that. But as you start moving faster around, that's going to actually change the speed of the wind as it goes around the Earth. Now that look is, uh, the jet stream's moving quicker, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at... um. <laughs> I like how we're so professional. Me and Jake are both drinking and shit at the same time. That's all right, guys. It's good times. But, I mean, if you look at... um, Okay, look at... Okay, here's a good example. Look at planets like Jupiter and Saturn, okay? All the gas giants, okay? Rotation has a lot to do with the wind speeds, along with the fact that there is no solid ground. The only thing that's – I mean, there, there is no solid structures on these gas giants. You know, the only thing – that you, the, the most solid you get is the condensed – liquid core because of the, you know, the immense gravity and the atmospheric pressure and all that stuff. But because there's nothing to slow it down and because they rotate so fast, it causes such insane wind speeds. For instance, like on Saturn, you know, average wind speed is 1500 miles per hour. So imagine that going on on earth, Jesus Christ, you'd be annihilated in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. You know, now as the earth speeds up, so now we're going to start going faster now you have a problem with displacement of liquids, okay? So the Earth technically is not a round spherical body. It's kind of shaped like an egg, and that's due to centripetal force because at the equator, as, as it spins around at the equator, it starts to push things outwards more at the equator. So as the, as the Earth spins faster, it's going to cause the water levels to rise because not, not only are you getting lighter, but now the weight of the water is getting lighter, causing it to rise. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not, you know, being bound to the ground and all that garbage. You it sounds like Jake's in trouble then. Cause Florida's gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Florida's full of crazy people anyway, but here's something about um, the gravitational changes of the water. Would yeah. everybody get the bends? You know what? That could be in the article. <laughs> I don't know, man. I haven't read this shit. I'm just going off memory here. But, you know, so I'm, I'm seeing right here. Okay, so 
Now we're talking if the Earth is spinning 100 miles per hour faster. So that would cause the, uh, the water to raise 30 to 60 feet. So Al Gore, he's like, oh, this is so great. Now I'm going to make more money. I told you about global warming. Man. Shut the fuck up, Al Gore. It's because the Earth is spinning faster, you fat ass. <laughs> Anyways, so as it, let's say the Earth starts spinning at 1,000 miles per hour faster. You know what that's going to do? That is going to raise the levels of the mountains because now the mountains are going to get taller. Here's a effed up fact that'll blow your goddamn minds. Let's compare the mountains on Mars versus the mountains on Earth, okay? Now, Mars is smaller, so you have, what was it, the mounds, not the mounds, pupus. <laughs> What's that big-ass volcano on Mars? I don't know. The big, is it the mounds pubis? <laughs> I think it's, uh, I don't know, whatever. There's this big-ass volcano. That's like Olympus Mons. Yeah, Olympus Mons. There we go. I got the Mons part right. I think, uh, you know, the pubis part, I think I added that part. But, you know, you can fact check for yourself. There's a thing called Google. But you, so you have the Olympus Mons, and it is much higher than Mount Everest. The, here's why, though. Sorry, I need my nose. Mars is a smaller planet, so you don't have gravity tugging down on it. You have mountains like Mount Everest, for instance. It will not get any bigger because gravity is constantly pulling that mountain down at the base. That's as high as it's going to get because of gravity. So, but if you speed up the if you speed up the Earth to a you know to a thousand miles per hour faster than it's than it's rotating now, that you know the centripetal force will actually allow you know when you have plate tectonics that will actually allow Mount Everest to grow bigger than it is now. Okay, so now we're going to go to 24,000 miles per hour faster. Okay, earthquakes are going to get more crazy because now, now the because right now we have tectonic plates that are floating on a liquid bed of or on a, on a bed of liquid rock, and so because now think about it, it's still liquid. Even you know it's denser than water, but it's still liquid, and so as you start going faster, now that liquid is going to start floating higher, and that is going to give way to give the tectonic plates more room to move and that is going to call or i'm sorry that's going to cause an insane amount of earthquakes because now they're able to slide easier and i mean i'm pretty sure that's i mean at 24,000 miles per hour pretty sure we're all going to be dead at that point you know what i'm saying (laughs) the plates are going to crash into each other and just send rock flying everywhere you know it's going to start raining literally raining ground yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'm thinking long before that Earth, uh, I, I think humans would be long gone before that ever got to that Whoa. point. Hold on. I'm Googling something here because I want to I'm going to end off because that's pretty much the end. But I, I want to end off something else that's going to terrify the living shit out of you here. But let me, let me look at it here. How fast and, is and Jason Googles so you don't have to. Absolutely. Yeah, I just want to get it right. I think it's I think it's three centimeters. So anyways. I'm not going to Google it because I don't want to take everyone's time up here, but Just take think about sentence. this, though. So the way that everything works in the solar system, you have our moon, which stabilizes our orbit. It stabilizes our speed so that we don't start spinning off into insane land. But here's the thing, though. The moon currently every year moves about three centimeters away from the Earth every year. So at that rate, I think it's like 
four four something billion years, eventually the moon will break orbit with Earth. Once that happens, all bets are off because that constant 23-degree tilt that we have right now because of the moon stabilizing our, our orbit and our rotation, that's going to be gone. Uh, granted, I'm pretty sure we're all going to be dead by that point because of liberals, but I'm just <laughs> – but, I mean, once that goes, imagine the havoc that's going to be wreaked, and then Earth is oh, just probably going to be – the ocean Because once you don't have any control of the tides – Right. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's going to flood out. That's when you're going to get ocean rise and ocean change. Yeah, right. and, th- and think about like the, you know, on Christmas time, you have those, those snow globes and how you shake it up. That's essentially what's going to happen once the moon leaves the orbit of the earth. It's it, the water will be shooken up like a snow globe, not like quick, like you think about it, but yeah, it's going to, it's going to wreak havoc. And, you know, and plus I think like 4 billion years ago, because as we, you know, as astronomers um, observe the sun as well. As the sun gets older, it gets hotter, and Earth is like starting to move towards the end of the habitable zone. And so eventually, the you know, because we have so much gravity and gases and stuff like that, and, and because we have a magnetic field, eventually Earth's um, oceans are going to boil away, and then we're going to become another version of Venus. And But the cool thing, though, is as the sun progresses— Mars will be the next habitable planet because there's so many, there's so much water and gas locked into its crust and its rocks. So, and I think that's why a lot of these, you know, technology uh, uh, giants and all these um, private uh, spacefaring uh, places want to actually establish stuff on Mars because, you know, before the sun goes supernova and dies, Mars will be the last habitable habitable planet with ground because, you know, after that, all the planets beyond. Minus Pluto, because what do we say? What do we say, Jake, about Pluto? Viva la Pluto. Fuck you. Fuck you. Because Pluto's a planet, my concern. But, you know, everything else doesn't have ground. You know, the only way you're going to get ground in these gas giants is you would have to blow away the immense atmospheres and let those um, cores uh, cool down. And they're they're all metal cores. But, I mean, with that said, though, there's still plenty of habitable moons around those um, gas giants as well. So there you go. Yeah. What would happen if the Earth would spin faster? Now I got a question that's kind of kind of con- connected to that. I've always wondered. Supposedly, I'd read somewhere at one point that every day, you know, thousands or millions of pounds of you know the solar system fall to Earth. Yeah. Won't that eventually start slowing the rotation of the Earth? No, it's, it's not that much. It's not like a whole bunch of weight that we're getting anyway. And a vast majority of it uh, burns off anyway in the atmosphere when it, when the space junk starts falling to Earth anyway. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, to backpack on what Jake just said, too, it does fall to Earth, but because it burns up, it just becomes gas, you know, particles that actually reside in the atmosphere and the ozone layers of, you know, of our planet, too. So it's not like it's actually like dirt particles hitting the ground. You know, and the thing is, is people, our planet is relatively small compared to, you know, some of the outer planets. But, I mean, it takes a lot of material to actually start affecting the rotation and the stuff of the Earth. You know what I mean? It, it To, honestly, to really change the way our planet behaves, it takes a planet-sized object to do what it did to, I believe it was um, Neptune. Is it Neptune or Uranus? The one of them that's on the side, the one of them that the rings that that go around 
on the north and south pole, that's not actually rotating around the sun. That's actually rolling around the sun because it was hit by such a massive force. Or it could have been uh, manipulated by the uh, gravity of Jupiter as well because there's a lot out there that suggests that those two. And he's gone again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I'm supposed to be playing music in the background for him. Yeah, yeah. All right, so but that I think does you... occasionally. Yeah. That's, that's so, why we kind of moved away from Skype ourselves. Um, Google Hangouts, though, well, it's, it's, it's good. It's not man, working. It's have well. actually. He's still trying. Switched. God bless him. <laughs> Orbits. Yeah, God bless him for trying. Anywho, all right. So I say we just like kind of cut him off and move on to the next topic. Sure. Yeah. What do you What do you got, man? Because of he's gonna keep breaking through. That's gonna be fun. All right. Well, might as well talk about the uh, Kardashev scale and uh, the types of civilizations because it's uh, Nikolai uh, Kardashev. He came up with this scale, I think, in 1964. Yeah. In 1964, he came up with it. It's based on the amount of energy a civilization is able to harness and utilize. Okay. So we look at things like, you know, energy consumption in a cosmic perspective. And then he came up with uh, three types of uh, societies. You have a planetary society, which is the type one society. These are the people that live on a planet and they've learned how to control uh, just basic things about it. Kind of like we have, you know. <clears throat> right. Um, but we haven't fully become a type one planetary society because when you are a type one, you can literally control everything about your planet, volcanoes, weather, earthquakes. You can gather everything about it and use it. Uh, you can even gather and store energy for like neighboring stars, which we're moving up in with solar power. Uh, we can put um, big old fat uh, solar arrays out in the middle of California, absorb some of the star power and then use that later to power things. Right. Right. Mm hmm. Then you have type two, which is interplanetary societies. Um, civilizations on this level can harness power of an entire star. Like they can just like suck in everything from the star, like a uh, big old Dyson vacuum. Okay. <laughs> and enclose it completely <clears throat> and then use the fusion energy from that star to actually run their entire planet and then move from planet to planet. And then you have okay. type three societies, which are interstellar societies. And these ones are galactic travelers. Now, this is just within your own galaxy. Okay, so, like, we could move around all the arms of the Milky Way, but that's all we'd do if we were a Type 3. Okay. Yeah, but so, we also believe a couple of, well, good. I was going to say, so, now, this is going to take kind of a weird turn, but if we're talking, let's say, aliens, mm -hmm. they would have to be at least a Type 2 or a Type 3 planetary system. It, well, yeah, it, it all depends. Um, type 2, they probably wouldn't be able to reach us. Now, that okay. also paradox too because what if they are just a type one you know and they're out somewhere else on the other side of the galaxy and we can't see them <coughs> excuse me you know if they're on the other side of the galaxy as a type one they're going to harness their own power they're going to do their own thing but you know they're not able to explore right right you know so, so we have to have at least an interstellar society where in the milky way if we wanted them okay okay you know yep no i hear what you're saying yeah. Now, I mean, you can extrapolate to a type four, which would be an intergalactic society. And this kind of goes um, often like the Doctor Who tangent. Okay. Um, 
what was it the Q continuum from Star Trek? I think you know where these. Oh yeah, with, the, with yeah. All the energy around the entire universe, and they use it, and they can just like travel through everything. You know, taking time travel out of the equation, which I do believe in wormholes, and time's not linear; it's more of a uh, big ball of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. <laughs> to quote somebody, to quote somebody, I can't quite. David Tennant. Come up. Yeah, I, I know. I know. The angels have the phone box. So. But, uh, yeah, and you know, so you have that where people were able to um, get in and on it. Now, you know, where are we on this scale? We're we're barely a type one society. We're lowly type zero. Okay. You know, the mercy of our Earth's natural forces. So it's kind of yeah. like, eh. you know, we consider ourselves to be a very um, advanced society. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you talk about things like these different levels of um, planetary systems, we really aren't that advanced. I mean, we've come a long way. Uh, I think you said on your last episode, we've come a long way. We've went from covered way against the space travel in 100 years. Yeah, we touched the moon. We went from, you know, conquering the West to touching the moon in 100 years. Right. You now, know, around for a couple hundred thousand, we've been engaged in heavy industry for a little over 200, maybe 230, 230. Right. You know, and just talking to like my grandparents and stuff before they passed away, you know, just what they saw in their lifetime is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, versus, uh, you know, just what I've seen in my lifetime is amazing to some points. You know, cell phones. Who would have thought that cell phones were, you know, the thing to, to be, so. Is my shit all. There you are. You're coming back. No. Starting to. Yeah, you're starting to come back. Uh, I, I, yeah, my internet's being. A, no, I'm. I'm. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna purge this. Uh, this group. So, just keep Let's doing go. what you're doing. Let's Pissing go. me off. Thanks for shit. I know, right? <laughs> Here we go. I mean, Here you go. <laughs> what the fuck do you want me to do? Man? Be back in a minute. Well, we just started talking about Kardashev societies. And I think he's gone again. Oh, well. Yeah. It's the, be- it's the beauty of the interwebs. You know, when you used to do radio, you used to have to be in the same spot at the same time. Now you can just talk to people from wherever. Right. It's just sometimes there's a glitch. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. I mean, you're, you're in Florida. Mm-hmm. I'm in Wisconsin. Jason's out in California. So the fact that there's a few glitches, I'm okay with that. I mean... Is it ideal? No, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, it'll get better. You know, we'll come up with better things over time. I mean, they're coming out with fiber optics that they're going to start putting everywhere. Right, yeah. <clears throat> All right, so you can extrapolate. You said planetary system type 4, which would be intergalactic. What would that What would that society look like to you? I don't know. I mean, there's any number of things they can look like. Um, it all depends on gravitational forces of the planet they're on. Um, could be microscopic life. Could be bigger than us. Uh, could be more insect-like, uh, depending on how they interact with their star, like we do with ours. Uh, could affect the melanin in their skin. So they might be, you know, pale or chrome white. They might go all the way up to being, um, you know, eyes and teeth when the lights go out. Okay. Back to something you said uh, earlier about how we um, about how we've come so far. But y- honestly, as a species, I think what's really going to 
hinder our expansion into the galaxy is the fact that as a society, we can't even get along. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how the fuck are we supposed to expand beyond the stars when we can't even expand beyond ourselves? You know what I mean? And no, that, that's that's a yeah, damn that's good a, point. And, and I'm not trying to like sound like a social justice warrior or anything, but it's like we're such racist pricks. And, I, you know, it's just we just hate each other. And anytime somebody thinks about something that we don't like, what's the what's the first reaction that we do? Oh, oh, oh my God. Oh, I'm having I'm going to act like a bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> we have to we have to get over that crap be, before we can, you know, expand on. Yeah, I, I was offended. I was offended. Right. I have rights. <laughs> what, what I, was, I don't care. What, what happens, happens when you're offended? What happens when you're offended in space traveling to the nearest star, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know? They, 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 they export you out the back hatch when you're not looking. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, got, I don't got no problems with that shit. How the <laughs> fuck do I turn my camera on in this piece of garbage? Should Where be down. You should go go over your picture and then down to the left. That should say turn on video or turn on camera or something like that. I'll figure it out. Sorry, I was having internet problems, folks, because you know I live in the boonies in a fucking desert. Some asshole probably signed on looking for freaking tentacle porn and shit. Fucked up my internet streaming. I'll yeah, I think we should out. do a psychology episode one day where we talk about what makes people like get it. Fetishes and shit. Oh yeah, medical porn and stuff like that. Can you imagine? We, we should do a, like a. Oh shit! I don't even know what I was gonna say. Go ahead. But if you're gonna do that, if you're going to do that episode, you need to find people with these fetishes that will come on and talk to you. I don't want to talk to these people. Oh no, but I want to listen to Jason talk to these people. Dude, we could go on 4chan and put the put the word out. Yeah. You know, that is, oh, one, that is one website I have never been to. Uh, don't go. Yeah, I don't plan not. on it. I, I, I hear it's just a it's a dirty, filthy, nasty hole you never get out of. It's like chat roulette. You just go on chat roulette to look at dicks all day long. That's it. <laughs> if I don't look at a dick all day, I'll just go stand in the mirror. Yeah, but anyway, anyway. So. <laughs> see, see that right there? That's a joke that doesn't work, man. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So I had just asked Jake what he thought uh, a theoretical level four planetary system would look like, which is beyond intergalactic. Or no, would be intergalactic, correct? Yeah, they'd be an intergalactic type of species. And are, um, like, we're carbon-based. I mean, they could be silicon-based, and that's only if we want an atom to make uh, uh, four bonds like carbon. It doesn't have to be carbon. What if it's nitrogen, nickel, something else, something weird? Has there been any proof of silicone-based life anywhere in the galaxy? I mean, no. no. And see, and that's and that's why people are so hell-bent on these missions to Mars, and I think the next one is going to Europa, is because they want to find... I mean, the theory is, is that life is... Oh, I'm sorry. That, well, the theory is that life is carbon-based. That's what they're focusing on is because that's the way that our solar system has evolved. Right. Yeah, and that's the way that our solar system has evolved right now. But I don't, I don't think there's any silicon-based. But what was that? Jake, you would know this perhaps. Um, do you remember that weird life form that they found in some honked-up lake in California that wasn't necessarily silicon-based? Or was that – did they finally debunk that crap? No, I don't remember that one. 
Oh, you don't remember that? It, it was it was here and gone in a, in the flash of a pan, and it was it was interesting because it was um, I think it was like a bacteria or something that didn't eat um, silicon based anything, and and I think its RNA was um, wasn't wasn't entirely normal. So I, I don't know. But I mean, if you look at it though, I mean, and we talked about this on on the last episode and probably previous episodes of Dark Science Radio is that the rules of how we evolved here are purely because of the chemical makeup. So the you know, if you think about how vast and insanely huge the universe is, there is no reason for there not to be other forms of life. You know, statistics will tell you that. Because, I mean, honestly, I mean, the the possibilities and the chemical makeups within the universe, they're pretty endless. Even though that the that the that the atoms and the molecules that make us all up, just the concentration of what is available in a star system does differ for the most part. And so there I mean, it's possible for anything to exist. But my only problem with the type four civilization is the fact the vastness of the universe. And, and we talked about that, is that everything is so spread out, the likelihood of us running into another intelligent civilization, if you want to call us that, it's pretty low, unless we are missing something when it comes to what really creates life. And that's, you know, and that's why, you know, NASA and other companies are really trying to find out if there is even bacterial life, viral life, or anything like that on other planets is because how prevalent is life just in our solar system? And then once we have that established, well, then look at our galaxy. And unfortunately, the nearest star is like four light years away. It's, or two light years away, or four, four or two, whatever. Pick one. It's an even number. But it's so hard to get to. Oh, yeah. I mean, when we're talking light years, I mean, that's just it's insane amount of of speed. To, to, I mean, you have to make the speed of light, which is theoretically impossible at this point it to is. our understanding. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact of getting there, even if you can travel, let's say, at, you know, just this side of light speed, it's still going to take you it's still going to take you a lot of time. Yeah. Two or four years minimum. Right, right. right. And people are like, well, how come light speed is impossible? The problem is, is that when you start traveling at near light speed, your mass increases because of the laws of physics. And so the more your mass increases, the more fuel you need to keep your light speed up. And it's just, it's right now, as far as we know, as propulsion systems, even using ion engines, which are the most advanced propulsion systems that we have, you, you, there's not enough fuel. You would have to harness the energy of a star. And frankly, the energy of a star that, you know, the energy that a star has is so immense. It's unharnessable. It's, it's, you can't, you know, you can't sit here and bring a star to earth. You're transferring that matter. You try to bring the energy of the sun to earth. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to fucking burn up the earth and fuck up the solar system. It's just the the facts of life. No, absolutely. Now, I don't know. I guess, you know, when you get off into this kind of um, science of, of, you know, fast moving through space and such like that, I've, I've read articles where they talk about actually using um, some sort of a device to bend space. So you could go, well, I want to go here. So somehow you grab that and you just kind of bend them together 
and kind of go through like a, I guess, a wormhole for lack of a better word, and then you're here. Einstein's theory of relativity. <clears throat> What's that? That's Einstein's theory of relativity that um, uh, things are made up, uh, the atmosphere is made up of space time, and everything moves as a wave. And when something with mass in it uh, gets into it, you kind of bend the uh, the waves of that kind of ge- uh, geographical, not geographical, uh, geometrical uh, graph. Right. And you bend those waves, and that's what creates all the interactions and everything. And that, you know, you could warp space-time. And if you could warp that fabric, then you could pretty much travel anywhere on it. The right. Prob- the prob- well, what's what's the scientific uh, basis in that? I mean, other than his theory, has there been any any step forward in making that something of a reality? China. China's got it all, Jake. Remember? <laughs> Yeah, China. China's starting to do the uh, the photon experience, uh, experiments, but um, I still haven't seen that quantum teleportation uh, be reproduced yet. And that's the what prob- I want to see. I want to see it get reproduced. The problem with bending space and time is it goes back to the laws of physics. You need energy to do everything. Yeah. So if you're going to sit here and bend, think about it. Honestly, sit here and think about it. If you're going to take like a, a like a spacecraft the size of the shuttle. You have to have something that will have so much energy to bend space and time. The only thing that we know of concretely that exists right now in the universe to do that are black holes. That's an immense uncontrolled, uh, uncontrollable um, ball of, of, of gravity and energy. And if, let's, say, let's say you launch a space shuttle and go to the moon and then kick in something that's going to bend space and time. Do you know what you're going to do? You're going to destroy the planet. You're going to destroy the moon because of the immense gravitational pull, and you're going to destroy all the planets around it. So, I mean, you don't – that's really not an option at this point until we understand how to harness and control that amount of gravity. And we – I mean, if you think about us as scientific species right now, we can't even – we can't even figure out how to harness and control cold fusion without blowing shit up. You know, figure out normal fusion yet. Exactly. So, I mean, if you want to sit here and start playing around with something that's going to have such a gravitationing, you know, because if you want to start messing with something that's going to have such gravitational energy to literally pull a universe apart. I mean, yeah, you would have to not only pull the universe apart and bring it together but then you're gonna have to put it back, back together that is the most insane thing i've ever heard i mean it, ther- theoretically it's possible but you're going to destroy a lot of things around you if you ever had that form of technology and a lot of scientists have claimed oh i, I got it all figured out bullshit you need something <laughs> with the force of a black hole to bend space and time and and seriously black holes they don't even bend space and time that much i mean they do but not they don't they're not able to compress you know something from here to you know alpha centauri they're they're not that powerful to compress that amount of space and time together and then you know be able to survive you know going from that distance to that distance without destroying yourself in the process it's just not possible i mean maybe that's something that shouldn't be possible i mean could you imagine we can't even behave ourselves with freaking guns or freaking nuclear weapons which you know I, i'm i'm i love guns don't get me wrong I mean, give me a break. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And people are crazy, too, because, I mean, if we could warp space-time, could you imagine the paradoxes there would be? Oh, oh yeah. 
you could end the Holocaust and everything. And then you go back and you change World War II, you change one thing, you change another thing, you change another thing. And then next thing you know, before you know it, um, what happens is you change an event that leads to the creation of time travel. So nothing actually should happen. So you shouldn't have been there in the first place. And then you have this little loop around paradox and then you can't get back to your own time stream. And you have two realities. And then either everything blows up or we figured out the multiverse. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, here's something funny to kind of break the break the dryness a little bit, but let's be honest. If we could bend space and time and travel, what do you think? What do you think is the first thing we're all going to look for? Let's be honest, gentlemen. The first thing I'm going to do Hot is I'm going to back to a week before the Powerball hit for like half a billion dollars. Oh, see, I, I'd be like looking for the hottest broad in the galaxy. Be like, okay, well, she's got fantastic tits. All right. I'd be looking for things to bang. That, oh, I mean, that's like a human you find you find Martian woman with three titties. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, man! Come on, let's be honest. Who wouldn't? Oh, nobody wouldn't. <laughs> but you know, I mean, and that's the whole thing too. I, you know, I was just reading an article yesterday about how they just um, changed some of the genes in an embryo, and to me, and. I can only, you know, as a, you know, I love science. I'm not a scientist, but I love science. But to me, when you start messing with the, um, with the code of nature, I think you're playing with something you shouldn't. Yeah. Using CRISPR goes back and brings up the, uh, the debate of eugenics, um, that they came up with in the late twenties, early thirties. And then Hitler really expanded on, well, not Hitler, but his scientists did for him. Yeah. Um, expanded on in the 40s and 50s and i think nuremberg uh or geneva or something you know you're not supposed to fucking do that shit you're not i don't i don't think we should because it all it ultimately cl- comes down to the question too of you know you, you either believe in evolution or you believe in an architect and for me personally i've seen a lot of evidence in science that shows that there is an architect that designed the way the universe behaves. It has a very set, uh, you know, group of laws and stuff like that. And I think that when you start messing with that, I don't think that's right. And I think you, you know, have the potential of really fucking shit up for the lack of a better term, you know, but you know, Either you, way, you know we haven't touched it in a couple hundred thousand years. I don't think we should be touching it. No, I don't. But with that said though, to play devil's advocate, what if the reason that we're here is because way back in the day before this universe even existed, that's what happened. Somebody started messing with shit, and something exploded in the laboratory. Boom, big bang, here we are. I mean, there, there's there's two ways of, of you know looking at it. Don't, don't you think there's possibly a way to take those two portions and mesh them? I mean, can't religion and science coexist? Absolutely, I believe so. I mean, because figure things out and you know everything's up for interpretation whether it be data and analysis uh scientific nature or um whatever your choice of religion is yeah i mean uh, me and jacob talked offline and we're, and we're christians so we do believe in you know the word of the bible honestly but for and, and i can't speak for jake but i can speak for myself and, and, and there to me science and what is in the Bible, whether it's real or not, I'm, there, there, are, there are certain things that I, I don't agree, but there is a lot that I do. But with that said, though, it can coexist. It really can. 
I, I think it has to in order for us to step any further as a society, as a, a planet of people. I think you have to somehow develop a way to have the two coexist. Now, you know, talking religion, I'm a Roman Catholic, so I probably belong to one of the religions that says, you know, science, eh, maybe, you know, as compared to other, uh, you know, fundamental Christian religions. So... I get what you're saying, and and I think that in order for us to move forward as a society, as a as a planetary society, we we need to somehow um, take religion and and mesh the differences of religion here on the planet, which will never happen, and then mesh that all with science. I, I I you know to really make that step that we need to make. Well, yes and no. I mean. You can take the moralities of what religion you follow and mesh that with the moralities that you infuse into your science. But I don't know that if science and religion can always be a cohesive thing because there are so I mean, Jake, we talked about this. You know, there's so much more to existence and reality than what we know right now currently in our bodies and in our brains. What happens when we die? That's the ultimate question. If we could answer that question, that would seriously lift the veil. But there is no answer to that question. There it is. could just cease to exist, or we just can't yeah. comprehend what happens because we can't comprehend it in our physical brains. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it's conscious thought, um, the soul. <clears throat> is it uh, part energy that you know according to the second law of thermodynamics can neither be created nor destroyed right. so does it go to another thing is it reincarnation is it uh moving to another plane of existence uh is it moving to another area of this plane of existence that we don't know about yet amen uh, maybe you know maybe the bodies can't travel across intergalactic because the physical mass of the body maybe the spirit and the soul just goes somewhere else and if you think about science as well, too, think about vibrations. Not not the hippie, oh, you got to become one with your vibrations. But think about how matter behaves in a, on a vibratory level. So if your soul is connected to your body by whatever means, we don't know. We don't we don't understand if, if you know if the soul exists. We don't understand why. But the soul is so light, and I have seen I have seen articles after articles of them weighing. A human being after they die, at the moment they die, and it's not the weight of the gas that's expelled from their final breath. There's more to that weight. So your soul has weight to it. But if it's more wispy and more, um, you know, just it, I mean, it's just the ultimate lightness that you can't detect, like dark matter, or dark energy. I mean, that's still a theory. But, you know, once you're in that state and your consciousness is in that state where do you go? I mean, there we know for a fact that the universe that we that we perceive right now is just a very small percentage of the mass and the matter that should be there. Where is all that matter? Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And I think on this note, guys, I think we're going to leave it right there for today. I, I, I want to thank you guys for coming out. It's been a blast. Uh, we'll take care of a little paperwork here. We'll end with quote of the day, and then I'll let you guys get back to your lives. How about that? Sounds good to me, man. Thanks for having us on, boss. So ever wonder to yourself, how do I let this guy know how much I like or hate his podcast? 
or think to yourself, man, I'd love to be a guest on this podcast. I have a great idea for a topic. Well, you're in luck. There are two ways to reach out to me. First, send me an email at whosepodcastisit at gmail.com and leave me a message. Or if you're more into the social media stuff, you can find me on Facebook at POI Network or at Whose Podcast Is It Anyway. Either way, I look forward to hearing from you. Now, next week, I have an old friend coming on. Her name is Amanda Leckler. I really have no idea, no guess at what we might be talking about. I actually haven't talked to her quite a while now, but um, she could throw me a real curveball, or honestly, we could talk about knitting. I'm actually really looking forward to our discussion. Make sure you check it out. And we're going to end this episode like we do every episode with Quote of the Day. I snag all my quotes from www.brainyquotes.com. The biggest thrill in the world is entertaining the public. There is no bigger thrill than that. Vincent Kennedy McMahon, an American professional wrestling promoter, former commentator, announcer, film producer, actor, and professional wrestler. Since taking over the company from his father in the early 1980s, McMahon has also always worked in the corporate area of WWE as well as behind the scenes. He currently serves as the majority owner, chairman, and CEO of WWE. So that's why I do this. I like to entertain people, and I'm sure that's why you guys do it as well. You guys got any final parting notes of wisdom? Oh, I do. All right, hit it. Viva la Pluto. Fuck Fuck you! you. (laughs) All right, thank you guys, and I'll talk to you all out there next week. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.